to another episode of the Don's Cast. I'm your host, Josh, coming to you from a sweltering Boston, Massachusetts. Today, it was like 95 degrees Fahrenheit. That's like 35 degrees Celsius for everyone in uh, the UK that's listening. And this week, I'll be covering the Don's three games that they've played over the past week against Walsall, Sunderland, and West Ham. But before I get to that, uh, some news referring to Deji Oshalaja, our captain, our star player this season, other than perhaps Joe Piggott. But uh, Ipswich Town and Bolton Wanderers have both shown interest in Oshalaja. Uh, his contract does expire at the end of the year. So the Dons have rejected both offers from Ipswich and Bolton, and I don't know if they'll come back with another offer with more money. I, it's rumored to be in the range between £100,000 and £200,000, anywhere between there. Um... And it's a lot of money, and it really makes you think about what we could do with that, and you really have to think about the pros and cons about Oshilaja, and selling the captain of all people would obviously be a huge detriment to this team, but the amount of money that's being offered could obviously go a very long way at such a small club. Uh, So the way it is right now, the loan window is still open until the end of the month, so it's the 28th right now, so by the time my next podcast comes out, we'll definitely know what happened, but for the meantime, if Deji were to be sold, he would be loaned out and then um, potentially purchased in January or just bought outright um, prior to that. And if we don't make uh, Deji a new contract offer, then we're most likely just going to lose him for free at the end of the season. And that would be really tough to let uh, that much money just walk away if we can't get him a new deal, which should be... um, which should be a goal for the squad if they're looking to continue to fight in League One, potentially over the next few years, fight to get into the championship. But um, moving on, Deji sat out against the Walsall game, and this also stirred rumors that he was potentially going to be sold or uh, we were going to lose him because you don't often just sit a player like that for no good reason. Uh, in an interview after the match against Walsall, Neil Ardley said that he didn't play Deji because he wasn't feeling well, that he didn't eat well in the weekend leading up to the game or the week leading up to the game. And that should ring some alarms. It's <laughs> He's a professional athlete. You would think he would be able to eat well and be able to sustain himself to play Uh, professional football, which is kind of a cause for concern. But going into the Walsall game, there was actually a few changes we made. Uh, Anthony Wordsworth came on for Tom Soares. Pinnock came on for Wagstaff. Rod McDonald took place for Deji because of Deji's quote-unquote illness. I'm doing air quotes. It's a podcast. But it's, it's an interesting thing that you should definitely keep your eye on. The loan window's only open for another three or four days by the time that this podcast comes out. So you should definitely keep your eye on Deji. He could potentially be making a move to a championship side, which would be great for his career, and it would really hurt Wimbledon in the long run and probably leave a nice hole in the defense that uh, you can only be filled by someone like Deji Oshilaja. So 
the Walsall game was um, it was a bit of a heartbreaker. The Dons eventually did lose three to one, but the first half, uh, the Dons conceded their first league goal of the year to Walsall. It was from outside the box. King couldn't really get to it. This is in the sixteenth minute, and that was the first league goal that we've allowed this season. Which um, it makes you think that if Deji was in the squad, would that have uh, would that have occurred? Uh, the Dons had a few chances in the first half. Wordsworth missed from just inches to um, from twenty five yards out. Quesiapaya, the Ghanaian international. In the 35th minute, chested a ball down in the box. He had an empty net in front of him, and he just couldn't get enough power behind it. And Walsall was able to clear it out of the way. Apaya missed another shot in uh, the 41st from a good sh- cross from Purrington, and he just couldn't connect with the header. And then Pinnock had a free kick that he sent over the bar in the 44th minute, and just like that, it was halftime. And the Dons were down 1-0. They it really felt like they should have been in the lead going into the half. They... Uh, led on possession 60-40. They outshot Walsall 14-5. And it really felt like the Dons were going to break through at any minute and score that goal to equalize, but they just couldn't get it in the first half. Walsall was playing uh, set pretty far back. They were clogging up the box. They were clogging up passing lanes. They were making it difficult for uh, the Dons to get a solid look at net for a little while there. And going into halftime, you really felt like the Dons were going to break that down and that they were going to tie it up and equalize the game uh, coming out into the second half. So at the start of the second half, Andy Barcham was playing really well. He was getting past defenders. He was creating chances. He was running up the line, which is what you always see from Andy Barcham. He's just, he's so quick on his feet and he is able to possess the ball so well. Uh, Toby Civic was in the match for this. This was some really good experience for him. He's a Wimbledon Academy product. So that's obviously great for the club to see. Uh, one of our own doing well and getting some good experience. Um, and then in the 70th minute, Will Nightingale scored uh, the most horrendous own goal I think I've seen in league football. He goes to pass it back to our keeper, Tom King. And Tom King wasn't in the net. He was over on the side of the box, and the ball just went straight into our own goal. And just like that, we were down 2-0. Sorry. And just like that, we were down 2-0. So this was in the 70th minute, and you could just feel the atmosphere in the stadium change. The demeanor of the players changed. It felt like all the wind had just been knocked out of their sails. Andy Cook scored um, in the 79th minute and sent the Walsall up 3-0. And the last 10 minutes of the game, Wimbledon were playing so flat, so disinterested. They were not looking for a goal, really, and... I don't know if they just realized, like, they picked themselves up and realized they could do this, and then Quesiapaya scored in the 87th minute, thankfully, so it wasn't a complete uh, all-for-none effort, I suppose. Um, Apaya's goal in the 87th minute was the first goal for the Dons in 297 minutes of league play, which just goes to show it was only our second goal in the league, and it came at the very end of this match, and it's... It's disheartening to watch and to see that uh, we d- we have the opportunity to score these goals and we just couldn't do it. So uh, we lost to Walsall 3-1. And in a post-match interview, Neil said he couldn't solve problems early on and that's kind of what led to the unraveling. Well, Neil and the players obviously couldn't uh, unravel the 
in a post-match interview, Neil Ardley said the players and himself just couldn't unravel the uh, Walsall defense and couldn't give themselves any clear chances. He gave credit to Walsall for their victory, and it was a well-earned victory on their part. They scored pretty good goals, and they definitely deserved to walk away from three with uh, three points. Uh, the only takeaway that I really, or the only goal rather that I don't think they deserved, was Nightingale's obvious uh, mistake where he sent it clean back into his own net. Um, and again, Deji wasn't in for this game due to his uh, apparent not eating uh, well and not feeling well. But Neil Ardley called this a great team performance, and I don't know if I would call it that. The only spurt of the game where it really looked like the Dons had complete control was for about a half hour in the first half from like the 15th to halftime. The Dons were playing attacking. They were getting good shots. They were getting good looks, and they just couldn't find the net. And that's what it was going into halftime. It felt like the Dons were ready to equalize this game, and they just couldn't. And as soon as Will Nightingale's goal went into the back of the net, you could just feel the energy from the the from our side just disappear. It felt so different after that happened, and it was they didn't deserve to walk away with any points from that match, in my opinion. If they had played the entire game like they did for that half hour in the first half, I could have seen it, but they just they didn't have it. And it was very obvious. So moving on to the Saturday game on the 25th. A huge, huge game against Sunderland. And Sunderland have had troubles of their own over the past two years. And I actually got a chance to talk with Graham from Roker Report about uh, Sunderland's season thus far and to give a little preview about this match. So if you'd like to give that a listen, it's available on iTunes at Roker Report. And I've also tweeted it out so you can find it on my Twitter at the Donscast if you want to give that a listen. It was like a 45-minute interview, and it was really interesting to see the perspective of a larger club in League One and how they felt about coming to Kings Meadow where it's such a small stadium and to play such a small club. So we talked a lot about Wimbledon. We talked a lot about Sunderland. So I would definitely go give that uh, a listen if you haven't already. But the game kicked off in the first half. The Dons were going for blood after the Walsall loss. You could tell they had... I don't know what had changed. This team looked fantastic in the first half. And in the ninth minute, Pickett scored his second league goal of the year. He had a great strike from inside the box. It was off a cross, and he just buried it. And the stadium just went ballistic. It was amazing. It was so good to see. The Dons scoring goals, the crowd behind them, the players celebrating. It felt great. And it was so good to watch against a club as big as Sunderland. They play in a stadium that holds 49,000 people. It's 10 times the size of Kings Meadow. It was unbelievable. It was so great to see. So the half finished 1-0 after Pickett's uh, ninth-minute goal, and this looked like it was the Don's game to win. They were not. They were going to upset Sunderland. They were going to shock the league, and they were going to walk away with three points. It was going to be incredible. But the second half started, and... Lee Cattermore, Cattermole, sorry, uh, apparent Ballon d'Or candidate following this game. Uh, he scored on a rebound in the 66th minute, and that tied the game up. And Wimbledon really have to focus on regrouping after allowing a goal. It seems whenever that happens, they they lose energy until they're able to recognize, like, we're a good squad. We can do this. We just need to get those opportunities uh, Liam Trotter had a chance to put the Dons back in front on a set piece that was delivered from Wordsworth, but he just couldn't connect with it cleanly. And then, oh my, then oh then, my Twitter was ablaze this weekend following this this next sequence. 
It was the most obvious penalty I have ever seen. The most obvious handball I've ever seen. Brian Oviedo, O-V-I-E-D-O, I'm not quite sure to pronounce his name, sticks his right elbow out. He's sitting in the goal and he sticks his right elbow out and connects with the ball and pushes it off. I believe the shot was from Pickett. I'm not 100% sure. But he connects with the ball with his right elbow inside of the net and the ref is standing right behind him and he doesn't make this call. And the stadium was just like beyond upset about this. It, re- it should have been a penalty. There's no way this wasn't a penalty. And that's beginning to feel like a theme from this season. There was an earlier missed penalty. I believe it was against uh, Coventry. It was right at the end of uh, the game. And there was a slide-in tackle that uh, Dons went down, and it should have been a penalty again. It was just another missed opportunity from the referee that he just didn't give us. And it's so disheartening to see that happen. So I was furious on Twitter. I was talking about this all weekend. I was tweeting back and forth with a few people about it. But it, it, ju- it should have been a penalty. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. And had we converted that, then we go up 2-1 heading into the final half hour of the game-ish, I believe, like la- final 20-ish minutes of the game. And it, oh, it was so hard to watch. I was so upset seeing this. But the Dons moved on. And continued to just miss opportunity after opportunity. We should have won this game the more I watch the replays and the more I just continue to just sulk over this game. Uh, Deji missed a clear turnaround shot from inside the box. It was an open net. He definitely could have had it. So at this point, there was two missed opportunities, a missed penalty, and then Deji sending one over the bar. And then Trotter missed another one that off a rebound that he just sent right into the stands. That definitely also could have been a goal. So at this point, heading into the final 10 minutes of the match, it's still 1-1. And then Lee Cattermole again gets a brace and scores and breaks Don's hearts all over London, all over the world. And the game finishes 2-1. And it's just, it's so frustrating to see this because it felt we should have won this game. They could have had three, maybe even four goals had the penalty been called and had we converted the opportunities that we had. But we just couldn't do it, and it was so disheartening to see. And I was on Twitter after the game talking to a few people and tweeting about it, and it was just everyone agreed this was the Dons match to win Sunderland fans alike uh, talking to me as well. And it's just, oh, it was so, so difficult. I was, I've been having such a hard time about that loss. If not a draw, at least, if not a win, at least a draw. It just felt like it was the Dons game. They should have won. They really should have. And then today, uh, August 28th, to yesterday, if you're listening to this, uh, West Ham, Premier League side West Ham, came down to South London to take on the Dons at Kings Meadow. And for the Carabao Cup tie, and this was one hell of a match. It was so fun to watch. Um, in the States, I was able to watch on ESPN+. And it was, it was the first Dons game that I've watched this season that had multiple camera angles, which was amazing to see. I got to see replays that I normally don't see. Uh, the iFollow app is great, but it just provides that one camera angle that shifts up and down the field. So to be able to watch this like I was watching a Premier League game and to see all these different camera angles and replays and analysis, it was it was really great to watch, and I enjoyed the experience about watching it. But what I didn't enjoy was the result because the Dons lost this game 3-1, to one, unfortunately. But 
it got off to a red hot start when Joe Piggott buries a cross with his head right into the top left of the keeper. Uh, Adrian was able to get a hand on it, but he just couldn't keep it out of the net, and it was just amazing to watch. The grounds were electric at this time. It was a great power finish from Piggott's head, and it was just great. It's like they say, if you feed the pig, he will score, and he did today, right past the minute and a half mark, I believe. And it was the loudest I've heard Kings Meadow this season. It, they Fans were screaming and cheering. The singing never stopped throughout the whole game. But this second-minute goal just put the fans over the moon, and you really felt like this could be the day that Wimbledon upsets a giant, albeit a, a giant in the basement of the Premier League, but still a Premier League team and a very well-funded team. Uh, I read on Twitter going into this game that over the past six years, the Dons have spent about 100,000 pounds uh, over six years, and in just this offseason, West Ham has spent 100 million pounds funding this team and buying some new players. But... Uh, the game continued, and in the 18th minute, Rod McDonald unfortunately got his second yellow. Um, people say it was undeserved. I tend to agree with them. It shouldn't have been a second yellow. I mean, if you're on a yellow, you have to be playing as carefully as you can, but to get a second yellow in such a huge match for the club, it was really tough. So Rod McDonald gets sent off in the 18th minute. Nightingale comes on, and he played brilliantly. He earned man of the match for the Wimbledon team uh, following the game. He was able to get balls off of the attacker's feet all night. He played beautifully. He played as well as he's played all season, and it's great to see more of this from one of our own, someone who's come up through the academy and who is able to uh, prove himself with the with the first team in a cup tie against a huge, huge club, and it was great to watch Nightingale get some, uh, get some well-earned playing time and earn a lot of, uh, a lot of praise. Uh, and he deserved it for the way that he played today. So we go into the half. The Dons are up 1-0. They held West Ham scoreless, even though West Ham had 81% possession. Excuse me. And it was just, you could you could feel that ten a 10-man team holding a Premier League side scoreless for, uh, I believe it was about 40-ish minutes. It felt great going into the second half and you really felt like this could be the day this really this could be the upset but it was not to be as uh Diop equalized in the 60 30 at a well-hit strike from outside the box the ball must have been going at least 85 miles an hour when it found the back of the net it was a scorcher from outside the box and that leveled the game up 1-1 and the Dons just couldn't get another opportunity to score another goal they were you could tell that they were playing for penalties they they felt like if they could just hold on, they could just hold this team off. Even though West Ham, again, was dominating possession, they were always looking for opportunities. But you felt like if this team could just hold them off, maybe we could really just pull it off in penalties. But like I said, it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't the day. It wasn't the, it wasn't the day to be. Uh, across from uh, West Ham... It just shot over all the Wimbledon defenders, and uh, Angelo Ogbonna was able to put it in the back of the net, and that put the West Ham up 2-1. And uh, it was just heartbreaking to see. You really felt like if we were able to get this to penalties, we could have pulled it off. And then uh, Javier Hernandez scored a garbage-time goal uh, in the 92nd or 93rd minute, I believe, and the Dons lost this game 3-1. And coming out of this game, they should only be proud of their performance. They played 
with 10 men through the majority of the game, and they kept a Premier League side scoreless with 10 men for 45 minutes of the game. And it was just... Uh, I'm I'm proud of the lads for uh, the way they played today. I really felt like the the second minute goal the first like minute 30 in getting that one first goal was huge for this club and hopefully they'll be able to take that energy and carry it into the rest of the season but unfortunately we're out of the Carabao Cup as of today which is unfortunate I really thought if we were just able to get this game to penalties then they could have stood a chance and uh could have really um they could have up- upset West Ham and they could have uh had their name in papers all over the UK, it would have been great to see. But it just wasn't to be. And uh, the only thing we have to do now is just move forward. Um, we currently sit in 15th in the table. We have five points. We have a negative two goal differential. And going into the or after the Walsall game, I believe, they had 74 shots on goal total. For, or 74 shots at goal, rather, and 36.5% of on target which is uh, a big improvement from last season where after four games, I think is what it what the stat was, they had only had 56 shots on goal and only 32% of those were on target. So we're definitely taking more shots and we're definitely looking to score more goals. We're just not converting them and it's so frustrating to watch. But I think moving forward, um, the lessons we've learned from these three losses that we had over the past week are really going to help this team moving forward. And I think... It's just a matter of time until we start raining goals down. I believe in the next two, maybe three weeks, we're going to have a game where we score three or four goals, and it's going to be beautiful when it happens. I'm just patiently waiting for that to happen. But I really feel like it's on the horizon. I feel like it's uh, it's going to happen. I just need this team to um, know that they're a good squad. They just need the confidence, and they need to not put their head down when they concede a goal. And they need to convert the chances that they do have. And they need to keep attacking. There's only been one game uh, this season where the opponent had more shots than us, and that was against Barnsley. And there's only been one game this season where the opponents had more shots on target than us, and that was Sunderland. So we're out shooting opponents, and we're getting more shots on goal. We just need to convert them. And if it weren't for the penalties that we didn't get against Coventry and the penalty we didn't get against Sunderland, we could have at least six more points and if that were the case that would put us in the top five in the table or the top six in the table and that would just be huge for the attitude of this club moving forward knowing that they are a good squad we're just not getting the results that we should be getting and again like I said it's really just a matter of time until we start um, scoring more goals and putting more in the back of the net and playing like the team that we are and playing like the club that we are it's just a matter of time again but to conclude it was three losses over three games in one week one of a cup tie against West Ham we lost against Sunderland and we lost against Walsall and of those three games I believe the only game we really deserved to lose was Walsall we could have beaten Sunderland and we definitely could have at least taken West Ham to penalties if we were just able to hold on but moving forward we have um let me see Moving forward, our next game is against Burton Albion. They're uh, sitting right below us in the table, I believe. And um, let me just double check that. No, they're actually they're in twenty first on the table. Sorry. Um, and that'll be a game where I think that could be the game where the Dons 
start to bury some goals and start to get that confidence up. I know Joe Piggott has really been a, a great member of the squad for us, but I think other players in the squad are looking for goals. Andy Bartram can definitely get some. Deji Ajalaja can get some. Uh, Wordsworth and um, Wagstaff can definitely uh, put some in the back of the net. And then we have a football league trophy game against Charlton. I don't even know what that's called anymore. The check a trade trophy, I think. And that'll be Tuesday on September the 4th. And then after that, we have Gillingham on uh, September the 8th. So we have some, uh, we have an okay game heading into Burton this weekend. I think we'll be able to uh, get a win from that. The Charlton game is going to be tough. It's our first game against Lyle Taylor after leaving the club. It'll be at Charlton, so it won't be Lyle Taylor's return to Kings Meadow just yet. Um, and then we have Gillingham away as well. And those are going to be, uh, I think, the Charlton game and the Gillingham game, although the Charlton game is a cup tie, so we'll see how that goes. But the Gillingham game is going to be tough, and I think we can win the Burton uh, Burton Albion game and get, some, uh, get a three points from Burton, and that would be our first win of the season since the opening game. But... We'll see how this next uh, these next few games go. Uh, until then, of course, you can always check on my Twitter for uh, updated news. I'm at the Don's Cast. Uh, if you want to hear my preview of the Sunderland game and just talking Wimbledon history and uh, how I thought we've been doing this season, you can check out that podcast on Roker Report. It's uh, in my Twitter, and I'll probably link it in the description on this uh, podcast down below. And until then, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been an episode of the Don's Cast. Again, I'm your host, Josh. Uh, don't forget to uh, rate, subscribe, and review if you're enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, I, hopefully, I'll be able to pump out an episode at least once a week. I'm going to shoot for uh, episodes on Wednesdays whenever we have a game on Tuesday and hopefully a game on uh, Sunday or Monday whenever we play on Saturdays. But thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. And looking forward, I think this, uh, this team can be really good. So thank you again for listening. This has been the Don's Cast. Thank you so much.